This is Patty Scalzo, welcoming you to today's broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub. Shi'ar Jeshub is a thoughtful Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, has been teaching a series on heavenly authority, and we currently have been studying in the Old Testament book of Judges. We saw how an angel of the Lord spoke to the wife of a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan, announcing that even though the woman was barren, the Lord would send them a son who would begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. This son would be a Nazarite from the womb, from the time of conception, and he would become known as the mighty judge Samson. So let's join Pastor Greg in the study as he delivers his Sunday message and reads from the book of Judges, chapter 13 and verse 11. So Manoah arose and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, Now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? Let your words come to pass. I believe it. Let it happen. But tell me, what will be the boy's rule of life and his work? How do we raise him? What should his work be? What is his rule of life? And the angel repeats what he said to the woman earlier, verse 13. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. The boy is to be a Nazarite. The boy is to have this vow of separation, but she's got to be careful while the baby's inside of her. The commandment to the mother to be careful with that baby that's in your womb. She may not eat unclean. She may not drink wine. If the boy's a Nazarite, why does she have to do it? Because the boy is alive in her womb from the moment of conception. And if he's to be a Nazarite from the moment of his existence in this world... The vow doesn't start when he's born. The vow starts from the moment he's in the mother's womb. Just like John the Baptist leaped with the Holy Spirit in Elizabeth's womb, that individual is there. That individual is not a clump of tissues or cells or some type of growth that miraculously the day of birth comes out a full human being and we declare it a full human being. Or we can play a game and say if we take that baby or that, excuse me, that fetus, according to the world, and flip it around and make it a breech birth in its mother's womb and pull out the legs first and just leave the head in and then suction out the brains of the head and then take the rest of the body out, that we haven't killed the human being. We've performed a medical routine. That's hideous. That's Nazi Germany-like. Now, people know that you can, you can have a baby a few days before the due date. You can have it a month or two before the due date. It's still a baby, right? So that someone can believe that because the baby is supposed to be born one minute, that a few minutes before you can murder it, 
and that's not murder, that's allowable by United States law, is hideous. That's a human being. Common sense, you know, it's as much a human being a few minutes before as a few minutes after. And actually, the whole period of time, there are brain waves from very early on. That little heart is beating very early on. You see pictures of a, of a little baby. It's got all its little parts. It's small. And it's dependent upon its mother. Well, so is a, a one-and-a-half-year-old, small, relatively speaking, to an adult, and dependent upon its mother. Does that give us the right to kill a one-and-a-half-year-old? Where is the right to kill that baby? That's a baby. That baby spirit is in the mother's womb. It's growing, it's developing, but he or she, that individual is there. Samson will be there for the moment of conception. John the Baptist was there for the moment of conception. You were there in your mother's womb for the moment of conception. And no matter what they try to say to change the reality and the facts, if you, I was in a biology class at NYU, I saw the jaws. And as you looked at those jaws, even as an unbeliever, I looked up, I said, looks like a baby to me. The hideousness in what's supposedly a Judeo-Christian country of allowing abortion without any controls and to say, don't even speak it. If you speak against it, then you're accused of being intolerant and hateful. And I say, well, when I was a child and I was in New York and raised in the public schools, we used to hear how the soldiers in Germany were supposed to speak up. And they weren't supposed to go by the law. Their consciences were supposed to make them speak up. And why didn't they speak up against the Holocaust? Why can't we speak up now against this Holocaust? When we speak up against it, no one says, or few say on the other side, they're exercising their moral conscience Rather, we're called intolerant and hateful. We're hateful because we won't allow or we don't want to see babies have their brains sucked out or killed in the mother's womb. Light is called darkness. Darkness is called light. Good is called evil. Evil is called good. That's a sign of a nation that's about to crumble. Notice never Never in the debate does anyone say, why don't we do research to see how human that baby is? Never spoken about, because if they did the research, they know the results of it. It's separate DNA. It's separate blood. There's a brain for the very beginning. That's an individual made in the image of God, and the spirit is there. And we need to be careful with it. Manoah's wife was told, be careful, be very careful. That's a precious thing. Years ago, if a woman was pregnant, everyone watched how they walked around her because she had that baby in her. Be careful. The womb was a place of holiness and care. Today, it's been made for some a place of acid and knives and suction devices, hideous things that give us clear memory of Nazi Germany. Be careful. She may not eat, verse 14, anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. The Manoah goes on to say to the angel of the Lord, 
He says, please, let us detain you, and we will prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? That when your words come to pass, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing, the angel of the Lord, while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar. The angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the fire. And when Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, because we have seen God. This angel of the Lord, this representative of God Almighty, you can see why many believers believe the angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate coming of Jesus Christ as a messenger of the Lord. And this is probably the strongest text for that opinion. It says in John chapter 1, verse 18, No one has seen God at any time. No one has ever seen God, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. The only begotten God, it says in some translation, the Son of God, in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. No one had previously seen God. Jesus Christ declared him. So, it's very possible this is not the pre-incarnate visitation of Jesus, though it's possible. But you have to believe that this angel of the Lord, be it Michael or whoever, certainly stands as the type of Jesus, if nothing else. He is the example of Jesus. He displays the work of God. He stands as a representative of God whose name is wonderful. He is that he is. Yeshua, he is salvation. Jesus, he is our salvation. And when this angel does this, what does it say here? A wondrous thing. As they watch, he goes up into the flame of the offering and he ascends up to heaven. He gives the symbolism of the work and the ministry of Messiah the man of God, the son of God, the true messenger of God. No one has ever seen God, but God, the only son, has declared him, has shown us him. When Jesus dies as the sacrifice and the flame of that offering, the suffering he undergoes on the cross, and then from that he ascends up to heaven to his rightful place at the right hand of the Father. And then it says... But his wife said to him, verse 23, If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us such things as these at this time. A lot of common sense there. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him, at Maynadan, 
that's the camp of Dan, the camp of the tribe of Dan, between Zorah and Eshtol. And Lord willing, we'll pick up the study of Samson in our next service. Father, we thank you for those that you've raised up upon whom the Spirit of God comes to anoint for victory. But Father, we thank you most of all for the deliverer you sent. We thank you, Father, for your son Jesus. And we ask in our prayer, Lord God, is that he would deliver us, he would save us to the utmost, that we would be saved from ourselves, that we would sin no more. Father God, that we would be the people in the kingdom you have called us to be. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. How beautiful and faithful is the wisdom found in God's Word. I know in today's fast-paced world, it is difficult to find the time to write, but it is such a blessing when we receive your letters. And may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the church outreach of Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle. Please send all correspondence and donations to Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us for Sunday service. Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We look forward to being with you again on our next broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub.